welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, this is Buddy C. Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. Today we have Lori and Brian and Derek and Drew and Dennis and Oscar. Good to have you guys today. Any announcements, go to buddyc.org. We have a lot of resources there that if you're in recovery or you're looking for some resources, several of us are are alcoholic and then there's other addictions here represented as well. It's good to find a like-minded group, a community, and this podcast, this is a podcast of a meeting discussing uh, mostly Taoist literature, uh, which doesn't mean that we're Taoist. Taoist principles tie in with any, as far as I can see, any belief of a loving God. So you can be a Christian and attend this meeting and not feel like you've got to turn in your Jesus card. It's okay. You can keep it. Uh, You can also Buddhist or whatever. It doesn't matter. I do want to mention, if I have any feedback, please, if you guys are getting the daily daily devotion that I'm writing, y'all bear with me with that because I know there's I'm using it I'm using the list to keep me writing but I added something and it was if you look under the affirmation it's a word that could describe love and what I did was I went through I started with the fruit of the spirit and I took the fruit of the spirit and did a thesaurus of those words and then a thesaurus of those and I came up with about 1900 words that could mean love. Now, I'm going through and some of those don't work, but there's, oh, a thousand plus of those that will. And it's interesting to look at a word in a little different light that you would not normally think of as being a shade of love. So that's what I want to expand my thinking on what love is, because I used to think love was just that mushy stuff that that guys need to be careful about. You can't be too manly and be loving in, in a lot of ways. So I'm learning that it is not that at all. It's it's any way that we show compassion or any way that I think of you instead of me. <laughs> any way I put you first, if that's possible, that's a shade of love. That's a shade of compassion. Let me give me some feedback if y'all like that. I think I'm done tweaking that devotion. I think that's what it's going to be, I I think. So let me know if you guys have any feedback on any of that. What we do is we take some thought from Taoist literature. I write a, usually I have an AA-related quote with it or some other recovery quote. And then do a thought. And then now I do a definition of a word that could apply dennis yes of course i have feedback buddy <laughs> please just an extra thought to what you were saying about the the, the the last shade of love you were talking about by recognizing that i am 
putting other people in front of me or their their needs and 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 that in front of mine. I truly believe, for, for my sake, it is when I can do it without thinking about it first that it comes naturally. Then it's really an act of love where I don't recognizing it as me being a good person in that moment. This is a thing about it, Dennis. Yeah, I think it's like the promises. The promises, the nine step promises. Suddenly, we realize God's doing for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. Okay, I think that we just go about life. We start practicing this, and then we realize that we did something that was loving. That we, it becomes our nature. In other words, it's not something that we have to make happen or we have to push. It's it's a it's another version or shade of the way that we talk about. Hmm. That's why it seems to happen with me, because at first, all of my actions are convoluted. They're a mix of all of that. And they mostly, I think, keep that except the the self part of that becomes less and the self less becomes more. But there's still a little shade in a lot of ways that I'm generous or that I show compassion of me. But sometimes after the fact, I realize I did something that was totally selfless. And that's still a small part of the time. That's still, I still get a little twinge every now and then of that. They're not reacting the way I want them to react. That kind of thing. I let that guy out. Why didn't he wave at me, that motherfucker? That kind of thing. <laughs> you know, just uh, I'm human. It's it. That's just part of it. That's it. That- I, I think I'm narcissistic enough. When somebody is waving, I always assume they're waving at me. They, they can't possibly <laughs> wave at somebody behind me. <laughs> yes. And when somebody's blowing the horn, they're blowing the horn at me, not somebody else. See, that's. I think that's my last that's my last stand what is that what you call it in a civil war term that's my last bastion that I am always in traffic here yesterday or the day before yesterday even sitting practicing love I've been sitting still and all that in the morning then I get into traffic and I have to make a left turn on from Porter to Irving in Cartersville only body knows this one and there's a lot of traffic in the morning and I don't particularly left turns for that reason so I am behind somebody, and that somebody has a five-second window to make a left turn. Now, now five seconds is a very long time in car turns. They could have done it twice. And I'm just sitting, really? And those are the people I want to drive up next to, just to look at how they are when they drive like that. How does a person like that look like? I'm really very judgmental when it comes to traffic, but that's the last one. Well, now, knowing where you live and the street that you're getting on, if you're turning left, there is a red light a block up. No, there so, isn't. it's only stoplights are up to uh, or stop signs. Yeah, there's a four-way stop. Then uh, you could go through, and then you could get to a red light. Is what I'm oh, saying, yeah, yeah. At, to where yes. you would not have to do that. So yes. you might need to drive down a little extra and go to the red light instead until you get a little more control of that. That's what I would suggest. Oh, really? You don't take uh, yourself. You, out of the equation for the moment if you can't handle it. Important thing that. to remember. The important thing to remember is if somebody blows a horn at me, I just they just don't know any better. And then 
It's not me. <laughs> it's old now. Yeah, that's easy to say, Brian, right now at 9 o'clock, 9.15 Eastern yeah. on Saturday yeah. morning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With my wife not here to, to argue yes. that. Uh, I've had several ones coming to mind, especially. I was teaching a family member to drive. They didn't know how to drive, and I was teaching them to drive. And they wouldn't do what I told them to do. I'd say, turn right, and they'd just keep going. And I'd start fussing, they'd start fussing, and it would be a huge fight. I did this over and over. So what can I do about this? I said, I know what I'll do. I said, I'm just not mature enough to handle this. I'll hire somebody to teach them to drive, which is exactly what I did. And I took myself out of the equation, and we didn't fight about it anymore. I just wasn't mature enough to handle that situation. <laughs> Sometimes I have to do things like that. Thank you. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you. Yeah, let me know if y'all have any feedback. You can get on that email list at buddyc.org on the top right of the menu. Okay. The 17th verse of the Tao Te Ching. Who would like to read for us first? I don't mind reading. Go ahead, Derek. Mitchell, is that okay? Oh, yes. Perfect. All right, cool. When the master governs, the people are hardly aware that he exists. Next, next best is a leader who is loved. Next, one who is feared. The worst is one who is despised. If you don't trust the people, you make them untrustworthy. Worthy. The master doesn't talk. He acts. When his work is done, the people say, amazing, we did it all by ourselves. So the master was behind the work, but the people, does he interrupt the people and say, no, I did it. (laughs) Y'all didn't do anything. (laughs) Sounds like some, maybe like what I've heard described as good leadership, which I'm not good at doing this, but I think I understand it as that, which is giving people the agency to giving the right people in your organization, the agency to do the job they need to do without um, micromanaging them. Yeah. And there's a vein of humility there too, right? Yeah. How could we apply that to ourselves? The government, Mm self-government. Not try to control others. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I love it when this happens. Our conversation with Dennis about compassion, I think, plays into this. Because when the work is done, the people say, amazing, we did it. We did it all by ourselves. Is The the master's letting go. The master is stepping out of the way, doing his part. If we're the master, then we just let it happen. Yeah. We just let it happen. So that's good. Thank you, Derek. Dennis? Yes. Uh, that was good going back to that, buddy. But uh, a- again, that is exactly what you were saying. I'm thinking of myself less. Uh, you're letting other taking credit for it. If, if in this case, you're the one who's done the act. And how can you do that? I like the way that you're fading away in the background, right? I, normally, we erase that our leaders are are supposed to be the front figures, 
especially if you're talking ideology wise, our presidents has to be uh, front figures. They have to look good. They have to be in the front ground all the time. Uh, so, so it's where where you're fading away, and 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 uh, and doing it with love. It's it's very beautiful. Am I making any sense here? I don't know if I'm yeah, just talking to myself. Yeah, no, 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 no. You're you're making sense. And there's shades of this too. I'll read the star version. To know the Tao alone, without trace of your own existence, is the highest. Next comes loving and praising it. See, these are the shades, I think, of if we, if anyone is in recovery and they've experienced a slip of some kind, see how that relates to this first stanza. To know the Tao alone without trace of your own existence is the highest. Next comes loving and praising it, then fearing it, then despising it. See, it's that spiral downward. That first, it's without self. Next, you have love for it and you appreciate it. You have appreciation. Next comes fear. Then after fear, you despise. If one doesn't trust himself, how could he trust anyone else? The great ruler speaks little of his words. What The great ruler speaks little and his words are priceless. He works without self-interest and leaves no trace. When all is finished, the people say it happened by itself. I really want us to focus on how this applies to our life, though, rather than staying. It's easy to get off into government and all those things. I really want to talk about how it's how it applies to us, if we could. Derek? Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting to me that like the progression that it starts out with that it sounds like when the master I'm back in the Mitchell one again. Yeah. Because it's the one I have in front of me, but the master and governs the people hardly where he, he exists. And then next best is the guy who's loved. Uh-huh. And I want to be the guy who's loved. Yeah. I, that's the thing. I like I want my kids to like me. I want my coworkers to love me. But it seems like what this is saying is that that shouldn't be your goal. Because and by the way, it doesn't work. No, <laughs> it doesn't, does it? They probably love me. I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying it doesn't feel like that's working like the way I want. They love you most when you're not trying to get them to love you. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it seems like that's what this is saying. But that's not intuitive to me. Yeah. Thank you, Derek. Dennis. Yes, buddy. I actually, the funny thing was, as soon as you said that you want to see how we can apply this to our own life, <laughs> I was just about to read verse 17 in your Powerless But Not Helpless book, and it describes it there to a T, and this is just screaming step one. Verse 17 says, the progression of alcohol. The progression of alcohol from a casual drink to, necess- to necessity can be subtle. In the beginning, alcohol is not noticed. Next, alcohol is loved. Then, alcohol is feared. Eventually, alcohol is despised. Alcohol is believed to have all control, only a gift as subtle as sobriety can bring relief. Like a child who receives a gift but only plays with the box, we possess sobriety, 
the entire time and did not know it. Basically, this is alcohol doing step one for me because I'm incapable of doing it on my own. That's powerlessness described yes. in the very last stanza here. The first three of them is actually describing how unmanageable my life is. And that is so beautiful for me, buddy, and that describes me in a nutshell. So now I'm the one with the funny look when you said, hey, somebody that has experienced going back into my own knowledge and wisdom and, and trying to figure this stuff out by myself, and I cannot because I have a spiritual disease. And that cannot be that cannot be cured by any uh, human measures. Carl Jung taught us that. Actually, it goes back to him. Right? Yes. This is very beautiful. And that is how I can apply it to my life with that thing. And can I, to my innermost self, understand that? Uh, then there's nothing to work about. Then it is. I'm standing with what's moving and everything. I can be in awe of the world, even in the midst of frustration, right? And then so, everything becomes compassion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and it's our intent in what we're doing. It's not, it starts with that. Or it ends up with that, I guess would be the way to say it. It may start as, man, I got to do this. I got to, and eventually it gets to the point to where it's just our nature. And I think that progression is a progression of waking up too. It's. And every time I see a new truth, I usually see it from a negative negative point. I just that's not right. And then the more I sit with it, I see that it is. I don't know if y'all experience that, but I do all the time. Something somebody will mention something. I don't know about that, and I'll sit and sit. I never. I'm like, oh yeah, that's wonderful. I, yeah, that's it. It's usually the opposite. So I have to work through that to the beginning. Thanks, Dennis. Oscar. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's really beautiful. And I also see this uh, first as a first about waking up in in, in a kind of, uh, uh, I recognize the second step of 12 steps in it, where we came to believe in a higher power that could bring us back to sanity. And in the first two sentences, I also use this Jonathan Starr translation, to know Tao alone. That's the highest. So that's the kind of, okay, when there's only that, you just live with uh, God inside yourself. And before that, we have this spiritual disease, which is also my ego or my thoughts. And my thoughts for love and praise, and they fear and they despise and they do all kinds of things, but they bring me away from the highest, back to distrust. If one doesn't trust himself, how can he trust anyone else so for me this says with trust you can come to the highest which is god inside myself without anything else and it's a kind of tool so if you use trust as a tool you, you are you able to just trust that it is there is second step right we came to believe that a high power can bring us back to sanity and then and and I thought about this sentence, if one doesn't trust himself, I think, yeah, you also can't trust your distrust, so you're lost. But that's a, a sideway. Then uh, in the last stanza, I think that you really get very nice tools 
to use after you have to trust there is a God or the Tao or a pure self or uh, you don't speak too much. You use your compassion or empathy or love and you forget your selfish thoughts. You set them aside and you think about the other. And if you do this pure enough, they will say it happened by itself. So I think there's a really nice story in this very short verse, which could help us to come to believe that there is a higher power, which will bring us back to uh, sanity. And that's what I thought. Thanks. How about, thank you, Oscar. And I know there's some people that listen to this podcast that have a real problem with the God word and all those things. I would ask that you approach anything you hear as being their spiritual language, their love language. So don't let what other people say offend you. Take it for what in it and allow others to have their own path to what's going on. I think trust seems to be the filter here. That's the middle part. You talk about all this, then you've got trust and then you've got, and I'm going to look and see what trust, what all the words for trust is. But I was thinking about trusting the process. You remember, we, we hear that in recovery, trust the process. Can I step out of the way and allow rather than push? Lori. So I, I find it easiest to apply to myself the Kenneth Jonathan Starr version. And it's funny, it goes right along with some meditations I've been doing without trace of our existence is the highest. There's another one by David G who talks about letting go of your clothing and your jewelry and then your roles. You're a parent, a daughter, whatever you do for a living, and then your house, and then just letting go of all of that you identify with um, and the benefit in that. And then I think you're right about the trust word. I didn't understand. Uh, trust has been a big issue with me again lately. Even doing uh, step 11, even doing inventories, oh, I just have to keep setting aside. Set it aside and trust. And it might be my next tattoo. I already have surrender and listen. And pause to wonder. Little pause. I think trust might be appropriate because it seems to be one of those things like patience, which is surrender for me, that I can't seem to keep hold of it in the daily grind in my thoughts and practices. Yeah, for it to happen naturally would be brilliant. And you're right, it becomes a practice you get used to. So I understood the, do you mind if I read this other? No, please. So this is by Ralph Allen Dale. And it just makes it so much clearer. There are four, the title of the verse is leaders. There are four types of leaders. The best leader is indistinguishable from the will of those who selected her. The next best leader enjoys the love and praise of the people. 
The poor leader rules through coercion and fear. And the worst leader is a tyrant despised by the multitudes or the victims of his power. Interesting, the pronouns. What a world of difference among these leaders. In the last two types, what is done is without sincerity or trust, only coercion. In the second type, there is harmony between the leader and the people. And in the first type, whatever is done happens so naturally that no one presumes to take credit. Yeah. So it sticks with the core of it, but I think I like the way it explains it for me. I like the structure one, two, three, four. Yes. Now that word for in verse 17 for trust. Yes. It could be translated as truthful, loyal, faithful, sincere, honest, trust or trustworthy, a man of his word, believe in, confide, be in accord with or follow. So when we're talking about that, all those words that we think of, if he doesn't trust himself, how can he trust anyone else? Could it be that another way of looking at that phrase could be if he doesn't have confidence that he's on the path, he can't help someone else be on the path, that kind of thinking, that there's an element of giving and compassion even in that? Dennis? Um Yes, I agree with the untrustworthy uh, thing. The, I really like that. If if you don't trust the people, that's what you're going to get back as well. So the mirror. The mirror. Yeah, it's a mirror, exactly. That's yeah. very good. And then to what, uh, what I just heard Laurie talking about, it was so interesting to me in those four phases that I skipped the first one was so discreet. When the master governs, the people are hardly aware that he exists. It is so humble that you just fade away that they don't even see you or recognize you. And you don't hey, want any, and you don't want any recognition. That's really beautiful. Now, in your personal life, that would be that life just flows. You're not seen to control it. You're not there's no big you have these moments of providence, let's say, these moments where things just work out and you see it happen. You don't have to sit in the captain chair of the table anymore. And also, yeah. too, <laughs> I, I think the way that this really works is that it happens behind the scenes like a like we're Mr. Magoo. Y'all remember the Mr. Magoo cartoon? <laughs> I think that's how it's supposed to work. I think that's the, the top level is it just happens all around you and you just it just keeps going and there's not these huge things that happen that wow how did that that happen sometimes but it's more of just a natural state of being yes totally i interrupted you have anything else no it was it was just that and of course okay. that was the best one and then you go back to who's loved who's feared and and the worst one who's despised so that was just yes. interesting to see that there was no and you can find yourself throughout life on those all four places you can in relationships. Mm, yeah. I I really loved my wife and then I praised her. <laughs> the, then I feared getting divorced. And then I just despised her. That 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 progression can be seen everywhere. Not just not just in leaders or not just overall in our life. 
it can be seen in everything. If we look, it can be seen in jobs. It can be seen in any relation, anything that we're doing. We're on one of those four levels. Actually, the level of the marriage, I like that. I think the reason we have had such a successful marriage is we didn't want to get divorced at the same time. <laughs> yeah, there's fear there. Then, and then if you let that stay though, and you don't, you don't deal with it, it keeps spiraling down. Yeah. Who else? Anyone else? I, I actually loved Mr. Magoo when I was a kid. Yes. <laughs> but I don't know why I loved it. But now I'm thinking about it in light of what we're talking about. It just seemed like I had to look him up on Wikipedia, but I remember I didn't remember sure for sure, but he couldn't see very well. He's always like bumbling around and the things always worked out for him. Um, yes. So I don't know. Just, thanks for making me think of that. But and the other thing I was thinking about was this idea of just doing the next right thing. For me, always meant implied that I'm going to be doing the wrong thing too sometimes. In fact, yes. that's why that's usually when I'm thinking about doing the next right thing is because I just did the wrong thing. And it's interesting. It's in trying to be easy on myself about that because I can get into this feeling bad about doing the wrong thing kind of thing. So. If you're feeling bad about it, Derek, your association is on that fear despise level. Yeah. yeah. See, even with and it something that is a mistake, we can look at those four levels with it. And oh. Do I despise myself? Am I full of fear? Because we talk about fear all the time in recovery that our character defects have a base of fear. Mm-hmm. And then do we give gratitude even though we're fearful? That could be two. And then when we let go, it's one. Yeah, sure. People pleasing is yes. Like it's good on its face, but it's really about fear. Uh, yes, know, yes. Underneath. Yeah, very good. Thank you, Derek. Anyone else? In the fourth or in the third stanza, there. In my life, I'm thinking about, and I'm looking at the Jonathan Star. Do I speak only when I need to speak? It says the great rulers speak little and his words are priceless. Do I just blab because no one's talking? So it becomes real. It becomes organic. It comes from the heart, right? Where am I? What's the source of my words? Where are they coming from? I catch myself doing it a lot. I really do where I just do it for the sake of entertainment and to make me laugh or make somebody else laugh. And sometimes I can go deeper with that. I just want to think people, I want people to think I'm cute. Yeah. Then I'm just doing these things, but it's really a, a, a deeper insecurity in me. I've recognized that that feels the need to make people laugh. Yeah, right. now, I'm aiming towards just laughing with everybody instead of being me that gets people to laugh. Yeah. Now, the question could be, are my words and thoughts coming from a place of despite that I despise someone or is it from fear or am I praising them? That's good. Or are they really coming from the Tao? Are they coming from this drop of love that's within us? Brian. Yeah, I, I really like 
that moment of silence too, because it just, for me, there's this part of me when I get my anxiety gets up, it's, I feel like I have to have an answer. I have to be that guy with the answer. And man, that's an e, that's my ego. And yeah, but that's what I do. And I've met people, I run across people that you have a conversation with them and they don't say much. And it just, it's like you leave there and, and you're at, a, at ease. And I, I had a friend made a comment once that talking about a mutual friend and he said, it's like they show up and they suck all the oxygen out of the room. And I was like, damn, I don't ever want to be that guy. But not that they're a bad person, but I just, I just want to be able to freaking listen sometimes and keep my mouth shut. Uh, but I relate to that. I relate to the humor. The, the humor piece is like, man, if I can just say something funny, then, then I'm going to be that guy that everybody likes and I'm going to change the mood in the room. And, uh, and, and for me, that's, that's really based in fear. Fear that I'm going to be not good enough or not smart enough. And uh, damn, man, this, this is why I freaking show up every Saturday. And I'll shut up after this. T- today's my 21st anniversary. And congratulations. Uh, which is, yeah, it, it, the applause really needs to go to my wife, who's put up with me for 21 years. <laughs> We've had some highs and some really lows. And, uh, but saying that, she was like, What are we doing this week or this Saturday? Yada, yada. And, and I told her, I said, I've got my Dow meeting at eight. And uh, she's like, Okay. But it was like, Man, I could have very easily skipped that. And it was like, I needed to be here. So thanks. Thanks, Brian. I'll shut up. I'll shut up now. <laughs> Do some more listening. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you. It says, how do we know that we're coming from this place of love, the Tao that's within us, that drop of God that's within all of us, that drop of love? It says that to know the Tao alone without trace of our own existence is the highest. So is this coming from a place of self or a place of selflessness? And it's not something we have to analyze. We just keep practicing. We'll know. Dennis and I have talked about it a bunch of times. Everything I do is because I'm going to benefit. How do I know that is because I get angry when they don't do what I expected them to do. That's expectations. And that means it's coming from, and I'm not going to do that very long unless I start changing because it's going to aggravate me so much. I'll stop. So that's the way I, that's my red flag is that, uh, how am I, is this coming from, if it's coming from a place of self, then I'm going to be aggravated in some way if it doesn't turn out the way I want. Brian. I was thinking about that phrase, expectations or premeditated resentments. Yes. You know? Yes. Thank you. Dennis. I completely forgot it. It mustn't have been that important. (laughs) I should just shut up. There was nothing. Yeah, I lost it completely. I thought it was pretty profound, but it had something to do with the love thing, buddy. And I don't know what it was. 
anyway, it might come back. Okay. Thank you. Anyone else? Oscar. Yeah. Uh, this goes to my life. I, I started a new business this year since I was clean. And um, so I'm uh, one year and some a month or something clean in the last year. When I got clean, I thought I want to be less selfish. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing to think. So, so then, and and I had a very selfish job before, uh, uh, before, and which is always self-centered and always egoistic. And I wanted to change this. And I'm always thinking about money and having stuff and uh, and success and uh, praise and uh, and I wanted to stop this. And then I thought, okay, I can give a course in what I'm good at. So I give it away to young people, other people without getting rich from it or having success from it. I don't have to be a big school. doesn't have to grow. doesn't have to be. And now since uh, last month, I started those courses and then I'm going on the Thursday night on my bike on my own to the office where I give this. And I feel lost because it's a very small class and it's, and I don't get the, the excitement of, of, oh, Oscar, you're so good. And it's just so humble and so nothing. But something in me is really fighting this and says, ah, now I stop it anyway. And this is the last time, one time, no more. Because what do I have from this? What do I get from this? And then I thought, oh, my God, that was the whole idea. I wanted to do something without getting something from it. And then when it happens, hey, oh, I expected something in secret or because I didn't know. I really thought, okay, I'm going to do this and it's good for me. And it felt good until I went doing it. And it was, yeah, it was nothing. I got nothing. (laughs) And then I got, yeah, angry about it really weird and then the realization oh this is just it this is what i wanted it's the humbleness is also nothing and i'm not there (laughs) it's okay so it's very funny how this ego finds his way in my body to my brain and there it is again very nice thing. That's the only tools that our ego has. They're the tools of fear, the dishonest, the dishonesty, the selfishness, and the resentment. And the spice. <laughs> yes. Dennis. Yes. I Now I think I got it. On the thing of humbleness, it's so funny how it actually intertwines with the other book we're studying, Buddy, uh, the Norman Fisher book how that is all about teachings in being humble at the same time I'm getting out of it. And the way that that is measured is by the love of other human beings. I think that is so interesting how that goes together. And some funny things and observations that I had lately, we had Damon come speak here yesterday morning at the Sure Club, and he had a different approach to some things. For example, beyond acceptance was that thing of, wow, just being amazed with everything in every moment, being in that state of mind. 
and that that was actually deeper than just acceptance. Uh, the other one that there could be a little upsetting to some people that I actually like. He said he don't seek, he explore instead. In seeking, you're not present. It's a little bit like hope, right? Yeah. We only hope because we're not actually placed with this current situation. I hope it will be different, <laughs> right? Um, he was saying that exploring was more on a deeper level and where you keep trying to, to really doing some actions to figure stuff out in this present moment. You're still in the moment while you're exploring. You're not trying to seek a result. And that is actually beautiful. Uh, but I can see that. I can see that. But anyway, yeah, you can actually go and listen to it on wejoy.org. He, he taped it. And, oh, cool. and it was funny thing. There was those two reactions, right? And you can hear about that in, in the teachings we had today. Those two reactions was one guy pretty early in recovery got up and left. And uh, probably because he didn't hear himself speak, which is very normal in early recovery, right? And then there was another one who texted me and said, this is the best speaker meeting I've ever been to. Actually, one of your former sponsees did that. Wow. So that was that was pretty cool. And he taped it. And he intertwined it with the steps. Normally, he never does that. He is a good speaker. He's very good at That's a part of his living, too, to speak publicly. And, and that. So he really packaged it well and intertwined it with the steps. So you can go in on wejoy.org and find that in there. And there's a lot of other speakers in there that you can check out. Oh, great. Thanks, Dennis. Okay. Thanks. Can y'all email that out? Yeah, I'll put it in the in the episode notes. Okay. I'll put it down in the notes. I'll put actually the link to his his talk in the episode notes. Oh, well, I, I ahead, think Dennis. he majored in whenever... He started Eastern uh, philosophy and, and religion. So he's all into this here. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Dennis. Thank you. Lori. It's interesting you mentioned that you don't. I feel like recently I've flipped from being a seeker to more of uh, an observer. And then that wasn't quite. I've decided I'm a voyager or an adventurer. And so I'm participating. I'm not just observing because for I needed to observe for a while. We talk about the different cycles we go through. I needed to step back because I was a fixer and a caretaker and always, uh, yeah, fixing, taking care of everyone and controlling and manipulating. So I needed that time of stepping back and observing. And, and now it's feels like with my higher power more in the driver's seat certainly not totally but i like to think of those old you remember the seats in the pickup trucks where you slide over a full bench seat no more bucket seats i used to think of that slide over to the passenger side and let higher power take the driver's seat for a while that was a great i'm visual so that was a helpful image um but that has been very and people don't like that when I say I'm not a seeker. If I say it, I've decided I don't, I don't need to say anything anymore <laughs> because I don't want to argue about it. I don't need exactly. to say. I don't need to explain it to anybody. Defend or defend, Lori. You don't right, need to defend, defend either. Exactly. So it's brilliant to come here and have that discussed or brought up and understand in a more understanding, tolerant way. Oh, that's just a step 
along the way. And what's hilarious, I just opened to verse 12, which is, so the sage is led by his inner truth and not his outer eye. He holds to what is deep, not what lies on the surface. Exactly. So being that adventure or voyager, but keep tuning into that inner truth and not reacting and keeping quiet. And it's brilliant. Thanks for being here, everybody. Thank you, Lori. It's moving from having to doing to being, Being. right? Yes, yes. And it's okay to just be. I was raised, when I was just reading one of the stories of Big Book with my sponsee, and it was all about doing. The guy who was raised with this standard of work, this work ethic, and if you're not producing and effective, it's not, you're not, something's wrong. So it's nice to practice and it's challenging because I can relate to what I can relate to what Oscar was saying. At some point I'll do something, classes or instruction or something, but at the moment I don't. It's harder to step back and not do. <laughs> that's a practice. It is, isn't it? It is difficult. But that's that living without a trace of your own existence that's the being because you're not you're observing you're not trying to fix things thank you oscar yeah about this the subject i heard yesterday someone saying i don't go through my day the day goes through me and that was amazing realization of the difference between doing and being for me, right. I, I really felt, oh, wow, yeah, of course, we all go through our day, or I go through my day as if I'm able to go through my day. The day goes through me, and it makes me humble and nice and soft and gentle and invisible, which feels really good. I really had a lot of um, fun with this phrase. Thank you. But, That's good, Oscar. Thank you. Any more comments about that? Did I cut you off? Okay. So Uh, I have one quick one that came up this week. So what if instead of you bringing awareness, what is awareness experiencing through you? Yeah, same thing. Flip the switch, uh, flip the script. That was a little mind bending at the moment. Wow. Is that a lot of the... That we, instead of thinking our way into right acting, we act our way into right thinking. Is that right? No, we, yeah, that's right. We act our way into right thinking. Yes. Yes. Okay, real quick. The second two parts of the third stanza, we talked about little, speak little. He works without self-interest. It leaves no trace. We've talked about that. Learning to work without self-interest, the way I know if I'm seeking self-interest is I want to be praised. Then I know that my, if I want to be acknowledged, I want people to know that was me that did that. I've been going to a meeting in Rainbow City, Alabama. It's a great meeting, by the way. Anybody in Alabama that's looking for an 11 a.m. Central meeting on Sundays, it's fantastic. But I've gone to that meeting and not no one knows me. They don't know I wrote a book. They don't know about the podcast. They don't know anything about me at all. 
So I can go and just be like another bozo on the bus kind of thing. And I love it because it's just nice to to just be one of now years ago I would have found a way to name drop and do different things so they would know who I was. <laughs> but that's that's interesting how that's evolving and changing. Dennis. Just saying knowing you, buddy. Yeah, that's really the opposite of what I, I think I remember you as being. <laughs> it is it is amazing. And I, I could just imagine those people that even remember me when I got in the rooms 14 years ago and even that I, whatever I've been through, were just, I had a sponsor. My first sponsor said, I don't want you to spread your disease in the rooms, Dennis. It was really yeah. bad, right? Yeah. So it's interesting to see how far that, that I've still come from, from that. It feels like a different person. Yeah, thank you. Now, the final phrase here, when all is finished, the people say it happened by itself. That is what I was talking about. Me not stepping in to take credit. Me not guiding the conversation. Me not making the conversation about me. I catch myself now. Oh, I have some experience with it. I can say this or do this and guide it. It was like you were talking about, Brian, someone who takes all the oxygen out of the room. Every conversation gets back to them. We had a guy in recovery used to come in Carsville. You'd say, that's enough talking about me. Let's talk about me some more. <laughs> yeah, but that's really the, the idea. So this really is an example of waking up and how we and our actions change as we wake up and could be applied to any relationship, any job, uh, any activity whatsoever we're on one of those four places with that uh do we are we doing this selflessly or is there praise involved here is there fear or are we in a place that we despise and hate and resent man great conversation thank you any closing thoughts from anyone okay you guys have a great week and we hope to see you next week. Thank you. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.